from WSL Pure, this is One Ocean. Hey everyone, Reese here, and today we're going to learn how the spirit of Kukua can change the world. Welcome to another episode of WSL Pure One Ocean, where we talk to, learn from, and laugh with some of the incredible people out there working to protect our one shared ocean. Yes, we say one ocean because when you really zoom out, when you look at the earth from space, not that I have, but we've all seen the famous imagery of our pale blue dot. And when you do that, you realize it's all connected. In fact, our planet is more blue than green. Yes, really, it's a full 71% of the Earth's surface is covered by the ocean. And while the ocean affects all of us, even those of you listening hundreds of miles from the coast, we see you out there, we hear you, we know you're there, I think our island-dwelling friends really feel that connection to the ocean. So today I'm excited to share a conversation with someone from the North Shore of Oahu, who has helped make huge environmental impacts in her local community and around the globe. She's co-founded a couple nonprofits that work to prevent plastic pollution and connect kids to local grown food. She's led the amazing sustainability efforts of musician Jack Johnson's tours, and she somehow still finds time to be a mother, a community member, and even surfs. I'm talking about Kim Johnson, and I'd be remiss to not also note how generous Kim and her team are. In the midst of a really busy week full of activations with school kids up and down the coast during the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing, the Kakua team welcomed me in and gave me a spot to record a few podcast episodes at their office on the North Shore. We've collaborated on a few projects together, and on every one, you really feel that Kakua from them and from their team, from Kim and from everyone in their family. And Kakua is a Hawaiian word that means a spirit of giving without any expectation in return. And I felt that in spades while I was on the North Shore. And I hope you can pick up some of that in this conversation with Kim Johnson. How would you introduce yourself to the world? How do you define yourself? Like, I don't ever like to say, like, what do you do? Right, you right. Know? But, well, I guess, you know, like everybody, I have, I wear multiple hats, but my first and foremost would be mother. And that definitely, that identifying as a mother has bearing on everything that I do. And then I, secondly, I would call myself a teacher. So that also has affected all the areas of my life. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a better way to introduce yourself than just like my title is this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm, it's funny. Titles are funny. Yeah. They're weird. Yes. They're super weird. I, I try to stay away from too many titles, but people like to put, put titles on you. They're necessary for organizations and structure, I guess. But the reality is you're just kind of a force. I would describe you as a force. <laughs> you're a force for good in the ocean conservation world and in the Hawaiian community. That's the way I see it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's very nice. I I mean, I'm not the only person who recognizes that, right? Like Surfrider recently honored you. It's one of their women making waves. And it's because you have this legacy of doing work. Like you, you know, to get this honor now is cool, but you've been doing so much of this work for so long. And I guess I'm more a behind the, the scenes person. So that was actually really hard for me to have to go up there and, and you know, acknowledge that. Because I think I, I like being behind the scenes doing the work. That's where I'm most comfortable. I'm obviously in my family. I'm not the person who's on the stage and used to that. So, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important to, to see. I mean, you've done so much work. And so, you know, naming some of those things, it's the greening of, of Jack's tour. And that's Jack Johnson, for those who don't know the connection uh, readily. But the greening of his tour, you led a lot of that. And then all at once, the social action network. And then you have Johnson Ohana Foundation and Kukua Hawaii Foundation. You have all these different initiatives. That's a lot. Yes, it's a lot. And sometimes I wonder, when do I get to sleep? <laughs> but yes, it's a lot. But, you know, it's usually not all at the same time. And, you know, things kind of come in these waves. And it's all things that we didn't set out and plan on doing. They just kind of came about. Yeah. 
which is kind of funny because I really did start my career as a as a teacher. So I that's but but you know bringing those those ideas of education into all of these different facets. You know, it has applied in all these different areas of our lives now. In another episode, uh, we spoke with Natalie from Kukua Hawaii Foundation, and we talked a lot about the education you do with youth and how important that is because you're educating a whole you know, generation, you've done 10 years now, and you have this whole generation of kids who are getting super active as they become voters. And and she said, she's like, I want them to come run for city council now and come back to the island, go out, learn, come back and then help make this place better. And that's so cool that you've included education in all that you do. I think it's really powerful. Thank you. Yeah, it's actually where will be 17 years for Kukua in 2020. And so and, and some of our programs, you know, have been around a little less, but we've now seen students who started with us in kindergarten who are now, you know, graduating from college. Some of them have actually come back to work with us. So to see that full circle and to see that, you know, this has been a lifetime for them, you know, it, when you get older, somehow, you know, 17 years goes, oh, yeah, that was just a, a little while ago. But then you realize, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting we're just getting older and time is stretching out. But for these students and they're now, you know, embarking on their careers and, and taking a little bit of what they learned from what we did with them through Kukua with them in their lives, which is amazing. Yeah, time is really weird. Uh, yesterday, I surfed quickly with Kona, ran into Mo, your son, and he goes, oh, hey, n- nice to meet you. And I said, oh, actually, we met on the Sea Change Expedition really quickly. We, we hung out for a night and he, you know, he should not remember me but i was like you know you were this tall and now he's huge <laughs> you yes. know? and he's like hey i'm mo yeah totally yeah. um and then he went out and was ripping so anyway so let's how did you get your how did you get started in all this work i mean you have an interesting story in this with the tour specifically and you're known or the tour is known as being one of the greenest initiatives and that's now spawned a whole bunch of other artists to to really try to green their tours can you talk me through a little bit of that and how you got started and how that turned into such a vehicle for change Sure. So like I said, I, you know, set out to be a teacher, actually double majored in math and art at UCSB, which is where I met Jack. We met the first week of school, we were 18. So just kids, just out of high school. And, you know, at that point, you know, we just were dating through college and got married a couple years out of college. And, you know, I just thought I was going to be a school teacher the rest of my life. That's what I wanted to do. And he was just going to do music and and surf films. And, you know, he just kind of had that lucky break. And, you know, it was kind of like all hands on deck. I just started helping him. And this was, you know, early on, we I would be the one at the club shows selling the t-shirts and then going and settling up with the show and then, you know, helping to promote it and taking photos and all these different things. So it just slowly grew into this tour manager role because it was just easy. I would be with him anyway. So it just kind of helped on all the the logistics. And, you know, we, he had a lot of lucky breaks, like being able to open up for Ben Harper and working with some amazing people. And along the way, there's several people who kind of took me under their wing and, and kind of trained me in this tour management role. And, you know, and slowly, you know, I kind of evolved and took more on. But I think that because Jack and I came at the music world with this we were kind of felt like outsiders and not really coming from it from your normal path of like living in LA and wanting, you know, like that, that wasn't really his goal either to, you know, have a music career just kind of was a byproduct of him surfing and out making these surf movies. So really it, it was just this very organic thing. And as, as it evolved and as his popularity grew and he was playing bigger and bigger venues, we, you know, found the right people to help us out but I think we kind of always had this different perspective than than kind of normal industry. And, you know, and always having that lens of 
of the environment and the ocean and what kind of are important to us and our ideals and and looking at the music industry through that lens. So, you know, it was kind of quickly became obvious as, as you know, he grew from like the small clubs to the theaters, to the amphitheaters, you know, the environmental impact grew along with it. And, you know, you'd see like the plastic cups on the floor at the end of the night. That must've been hard to see. You would, yeah. And you would go from like a minivan to a, to a, we actually rented this fun mover for a couple of tours, which are those ones that, you know, like the Cruise America. <laughs> RVs that had the uh, lift gate on the back that, you know, people would use for their motorcycles and stuff. So that would work for their gear so that we went from like a van to the fun mover to a tour bus and trucks and to like then three tour buses and five trucks. And you you see this this growth and and the negative impact that that's having. And you and that's when, you know, you kind of sit back and go, well, we got to We got to do something different here. Right. And so I think that's kind of where you know, I came in because I, I looked at it from a whole different perspective and it wasn't from the music industry, you know, view. And it was kind of from this, this teacher view. I said, wow, we really have a great opportunity here to not only do something good on our own and how we, you know, practice, you know, what we do on tour. So, you know, how can we cut down on the amount of staff or how can we, you know, use less plastic on the tour, all these things that we're doing behind the scenes, but it was more, how can we share that with everybody else and how can we bring more people on board and how can we kind of use this as an educational tool and and you know gathering and so I think that's kind of the difference and kind of how we approached Jack's shows and kind of started to like make change in that way. What was the moment where you really said okay we're going to put in some of these more progressive policies. I mean, you've, you've charged for cups, right? At some, well, we have, yeah. So that's our reusable pint cup program. So we've actually tried that several different ways. We've given away cups to, to like everybody that walked in the door. We've done that. We call those our plastic free shows and done that three times at the Santa Barbara bowl. So it's included in your ticket price. You get a stainless steel pint cup, and which then, is a lot of work. Like it might oh, seem yeah. <laughs> easy to the concert goer who's like, oh yeah, just give me a cup. Sure. But that's actually a ton of work and it changes the whole economics of a, a, an event. And yes, right? and you have to work it out with the caterers and the, you know, everyone on the management side for the venue, making sure their operations are okay with the refills. You have to check with the, the health department to make sure they're okay with people refilling cups. Yeah, there's all this legwork involved in, you know, kind of six months of coordination in advance of, of actually handing the cup to people. For people who are thinking about ways that they can help their communities go plastic free or for making change, was there a key learning or key stakeholder in, in that process where you went, ah, that's the move? I mean, one thing that Natalie was talking about was coalition building. That's like your, that's your secret sauce at Kakua. Mm-hmm. You're like, yep, we bring in everybody. Yes. We talk to everybody. Um, is that the move with, with stuff like this? Or is there another learning that maybe you had along on this process that Yeah. Well, back to your other question of like, how did we get into kind of the greening or, you know, it's not like we came up with it on our own. So definitely there were some elders who inspired us. So like who? So definitely uh, Neil Young. So him and his wife, Peggy, who has since passed on and they had the bridge school benefit and they did that for over 30 years. And and this was a, a benefit that they'd put on every year for a school that that helped students with special needs. So it was a different 
platform that they were raising money for, but it was more how they did it. And so Jack had been invited to the Bridge School a couple years to play it. And it was just this really amazing experience of bringing, you know, all these different musicians came and played. Everyone did these special acoustic set. And that was kind of what planted the scene in our mind for the Kukua Festival um, and just kind of doing something special for Hawaii. And the Kukua Festival is what? The Kukua Festival, we started that in 2003, and that was the festival that pretty much kicked off and raised funds for the Kukua Hawaii Foundation. And then we actually held it consecutively until 2010. And that's another reason why we took a little break, if we could get to that later. (laughs) But yeah, so we we did the festival every year, and it was kind of the it was not only the fundraising event for the foundation, but it also exemplified and, you know, shared with everybody else, you know, environmental education. We had tons of partners, nonprofit partners, business partners that were, you know, at that time, this is like the early 2000s. It ran from 2003 to 2010. So just like really kind of the forefront of the environmental movement around business. You know, this is right. like before B Corp and all these things, but kind of as all that was happening. And so there was these real trailblazers on the business side. And then another real big music icon that has been an inspiration to Jack musically and to us as how they tour is Willie Nelson and his family. So Lucas Nelson, obviously his, uh, his son and Micah. And we got to know Willie again here in Hawaii. He invited us, invited Jack to come play a benefit for um, something on Maui and, and just kind of got to know them and they ended up coming and playing Kukua Festival. And we would run into them and, and be a part of Farm Aid and see how they, you know, he'd been doing Farm Aid, I think it's like in its 35th year or something. Now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, all they, they have done Farm Aid in, in several states. They've actually never brought it to Hawaii. So we're working on that. <laughs> but just, you know, if you talk about the first real environmentalist who's, you know, musician, it's definitely Willie Nelson and what he does. And we learned about biodiesel from him. And, you know, that really reduces your carbon footprint on tour. So we learned about that there's a difference in biodiesel. There's sustainably produced and grown biodiesel. And then, you know, there's biodiesel that is imported and made from palm oil, you know, from the Amazon. Which is not great. Which is not great. So not all biodiesel is created equal. Yeah. And so, I mean, some of the highlights from the tour, are, you know, eliminating single-use plastic, uh, going carbon neutral, right? So you offset your whatever emissions you can't reduce, if I remember correctly. Correct. And then in addition, you're helping raise funds for so much of your efforts. And you also um, include a lot of the local nonprofits, again, that sort of coalition yeah. building. So when the tour comes to town, you enable people to be a part of the village and uh, those little local nonprofits get to reach out to fans who are coming through the door, which is incredible. I believe you also give out tickets to some of those local groups that they they can then yes. raffle off. Yeah, so it kind of the, the idea of All at Once actually came out from the Kukua Festival. We had been running the festival for about five years before we decided to kind of take that concept on the road with us everywhere we went worldwide. And so in 2008, Jack had a new record coming out and we decided, you know what, this was the year he wanted to, he, he decided, you know, I don't really feel like touring anymore unless this is for something bigger. And he that year he decided he wanted to give away all his tour profits. I said, well, if you're going to give away all your tour profits, we need to like structure this, you know, actually this you need is a plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm all, this isn't just like, yeah, I just, I, I just don't really want to do this unless 
you know, it's for a greater good. I'm like, well, we need to, we need to figure that out. What is this for? And that's when John Sohana Foundation was formed. And so we kind of took the concept of what we had created in Hawaii with the Kukua Hawaii Foundation and the festival and, you know, bringing groups together and kind of rallying people around, you know, the environmental education and took that on the road. And so then all at once, every show, we had at least five to 10 nonprofit partners that kind of had the same ideals that we were working on in Hawaii. So it would be sustainable local food systems, plastic free initiatives, you know, whether it be, you know, environmental education in schools, we had a lot of community garden groups, different things like that. And we brought on a nonprofit coordinator who eventually became our executive director for Johnson Hahn. And so she did a lot of research to figure out who we wanted to partner with. And then her and I would kind of cherry pick the best out of those groups. And so it was kind of this like little traveling festival in a way. So we'd have a, we call it the village green, we'd set it up. And we decided, you know, we don't, you know, a lot of musicians have nonprofit partners at the show, but we wanted to give them even more exposure, Mm -hmm. not just when, you know, and so, so we wanted it to incentivize people to actually engage with them. So how do we incentivize people? And so the passport, right? Exactly. So that was kind of our onsite, but it started even before that, because, you know, with a, with a tour, there's all this radio promotion and different promotion that, you know, ticket giveaways and all this stuff. So that's kind of the concept is like tying in the nonprofits from the very beginning, having them chosen when the tour is announced, having their names out there, like alongside, you know, Jack's names. And then when we get to the radio promotion, it's not like be the ninth caller and win tickets. It's oh, go to this beach cleanup that Surfrider's sponsoring and you'll be entered to win free tickets to the Jack Show. So we so we kind of like started adding these layers of just, I, I guess we just kind of gave it purpose because really like a lot of times it's just like these weird gimmicks for marketing. Yeah. So we kind of added this, yeah, added purpose to what, what we were doing. It's so cool. I mean, it's amazing. And I, I think it's... Uh... I don't know. It's, it's a, such a fascinating backstory. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall of the conversation of, I don't want to tour anymore right. unless I have a purpose. I'm, I imagine those were hard conversations, but then, you know, you phrase it and you come at it with this incredible optimism of this is an opportunity to reach people. And now it's a vehicle for incredible change, which is, which is awesome. And that's what we need. Yeah. And, and people have really responded to it because I think it's so true to what Jack and I want to do. I feel like people really, re- it resonates with a lot of people and, and it, it definitely isn't like some kind of publicity stunt or gimmick. It's just kind of what felt right and the way to kind of the next step he wanted to take as a musician. So the last 10 years, that's kind of how we've been running the the tours, you know, having building this network of nonprofit partners. And then on the non-touring years, it's been really great because through Johnson Ohana, we've developed these relationships with these nonprofits and we've been able to continue them on non-touring years and give them grants and kind of continuously support your work, their work. And so when you say about kind of building these coalitions, you know, we were in Australia, we're in New Zealand, we're in Europe, you know, all across South America, North America, and, and kind of focusing in on these concepts of like plastic free initiatives and seeing what people are doing, seeing the best practices that are happening all over the world and realizing like, oh, we need to have, you know, surfers against sewage in the UK talk to Surfrider in the US about what they're doing here or, you know, we need to get five gyres to, you know, so there's all these great players and just kind of finding, you know, their strengths and kind of connecting them has been really exciting to see. And we've had some really great projects that we've worked on. What are some of your favorite projects over the years to name a couple? Well, we just recently- I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Recently, 
to sticking with the music side of things, we've had, you know, several other musicians and, and people in the industry who've been trying to, you know, help push that tour greening, right? kick that can along. And, you know, it's been hard. And we realized just this past year that, you know, we need a campaign to rally around. And so one of our partners in Australia, Green Music Australia, had a they had a had a campaign that they've been running for the past couple of years called BYO Bottle. And it was gaining traction in Australia. And, you know, there was like over 100 musicians and bands signed on. And the basic ask was just for musicians to cut out single-use plastic water bottles on their tours. So both backstage and then encourage the venues and festivals that they play to, to not have it in the front of house and have all, allow people to bring in reusables and have yeah. water refills. So that was kind of the concept. And so we finally got everyone together. We're like, you know what? This is a great idea. It's working in Australia. Let's get all of our partners in Europe and the Americas and together and let's launch this thing. And so this past Earth Day, we were able to get a groundswell of support. And now we have over 250 musicians, festivals, venues, and businesses, a lot, lot of reusable companies producing reusables in on the campaign. And it's just growing from there. But it's just been really exciting to see the momentum and see some of these festivals like really getting on board and promoting it. And then, then in turn, that gets more musicians on board. So it's just kind of been, that's been a really fun one to watch. It's so um, cool you're taking work that you've done here or in your own sphere and world, like areas you can control, and then said, all right, let's scale this model and let's get other people on board and calling calling for that action, which I think is just awesome because you scale your impact massively. Exactly. That's the lesson yeah. I learned from engaging with you all is how you've been like, this is what we're doing. We figured this out, and now we're going to share this knowledge with the world so everyone else can follow. Because why keep it to yourselves you know, exactly. when, when doing good work, which is so cool. And back to the teaching thing, right? <laughs> because I think teachers are always about, okay, well, how can we, you know, package this in digestible pieces so everyone can understand it? And so I think that's definitely something all along the way with Jack's touring, the greening, what we do with Kukua is, you know, being able to share what we've learned and with others and just being really transparent with our, you know, never saying like, we have this all figured out, like we're on this road too, but just letting people know, here's what we're trying to do. Here's where we're at. What ideas do you have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anyone who says they have everything figured out is right. Why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're all figuring this out as we go. Exactly. What uh, do you want to do? You want to talk about the farm at all? Well, yes. So of course, you know, just when things get, you I've know, heard, I've heard a couple yeah, things yeah, yeah. the last couple of days here. I've heard a few rumors about this farm, so I, I'm, right. I'm eager to hear more. So Kukuhuay Foundation, like I said. It's gonna in twenty twenty we're celebrating our seventeenth birthday. And I always joke, it's my first child, right? <laughs> so I think I was pregnant with my first child when we started Kukua. But well Natalie gave me the story of that's how she kinda was put into the job. Oh, is totally. that everyone got pregnant at once. And yeah, and I called her. It was baby number three. I <laughs> that's when I called Natalie. I said, I need you to move back to Hawaii. Where are you? <laughs> It was pretty funny. Yeah, so so Kukua, I always joke, was our, our first kid. And so now it's turning 17. And, you know, I'm like, it's it, we're getting ready for Kukua to move out of the house. <laughs> it's basically yeah. my analogy there. Because we're currently recording here in Jack's studio. Yeah. And, and Kukua's next door in exactly. the little, Kukua's you know. been, you know, at our, it's been like a growing home office. And so, you know, it's just time. We, we And we've been waiting. We've been looking for the right 
place to land for the foundation. And, you know, it's, we've been doing such great work in the schools, communities, and somehow we've, we've been fine not having our own location where people come to us. We, we go to them because we are such great collaborators, right? So it's kind of worked out. But we knew that eventually we wanted Kukua to have its own permanent home, not just for the offices, but as a, a place where it, it's a community gathering place. And so we were keeping our eyes open and, you know, reached some dead ends. So then when the right thing presented itself, we knew it was the right thing. And there is a seven acre ag parcel in the heart of Haleiwa. And it connects to a one acre commercial parcel right on the main highway. And we were able to get both of those properties. And um, so our vision is to create a learning farm on the, on the agricultural lands and then connect it with mission-aligned businesses on the street front. And then in between, we're going to have a community center and our offices and, you know, have it just be a real hub for all of, it's basically a place where all of the Kukua programs can come to life. Yeah, your farm program, your plastic-free, exactly. all yeah, of that. So That's so cool. We have our Aina in Schools, which is our farm-to-school program. And we want to have one of the mission-aligned businesses will be a, the Aina Farm Stand. So we'll have things that were grown on the learning farm, but also grown on all North Shore farms because we have so many friends and partners who are who are growing amazing things and you know cooking amazing things too so we'll have some value-added products like fresh bread and other things so and and really excited about the um, community gathering place so the community center is just a, a, a spot where anybody could kind of come in and be able to use it that's so cool a sense of place is so important and this place in particular is so special but being able to have that little space that's your own and being able to make it a community center i think is going to be just so powerful for kakua in its next 20 years yes yes yeah so we're now embarking on another journey <laughs> it never ends but... child number five yeah, then yeah, what exactly are... <laughs> right right cool well kim thanks so much is there anything else you want to share no, with, with people you. out there it, yeah it's it's been um really fun working with wsl pure we're, we're happy that you guys are one of our partners and been great working on the plastic freeway project with you and ethan estes and sustainable coastlines hawaii so we look forward to more work in the future cool thanks kim i appreciate you spending Thank some you. time Mahalo. with us like I said, Kim and Jack and their teams at Johnson Ohana, Kakua Hawaii Foundation, All at Once, etc. They are all such a great force for good in the Hawaiian community and beyond. And they really embody the spirit of Kakua. So as you go about your week, maybe think about how you can live with the spirit of Kakua, the spirit of giving without expectation of something in return. And if you have a minute, I really encourage you to check out and support the work of Kakua Hawaii Foundation and more. We've got links in the show notes as always. Next week, we'll be back with another episode where we explain why your surfboard sucks for the environment. Until then, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review. You can follow us online at WSL Pure and at WSLPure.org. Until then, see you next time.